in positive transformation and total dependence on you, we ask that your word will chastise, correct, encourage, and strengthen us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Let me first of all, on behalf of the church, congratulate Avika for the arrival of a bouncing baby girl into the family, Bridget. We are excited and we are glad for what the Lord has done. And it is our prayer that this baby will continue to grow in the knowledge and the fear of God. And the presence of God will forever remain with the family in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you what I call or title to, is there anything too difficult for God? And if you have listened very carefully to the Old Testament read to us, and that is Genesis chapter 18, I take my test from verse 14, Genesis chapter 18, verse 14. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. I'm sure that all of us are conversant with the story of Father Abraham. At the age of 75, God called him and he said, leave your father's land. Depart from your country of nativity and move to another place, I will show you. He didn't ask any question. He would have said, God, where are you sending me to? But of course, he responded. He obeyed the call of God and he left. In Genesis chapter 12, when you look at it from verse 1, God again assured him that as you obey this, I will make you a father of many nations. In fact, all over the world, people will always refer to you. But then we discover that Abraham kept waiting for this promise. The promise did not come. And at a time, the wife encouraged him. And he said, I suppose that this promise will come through the maid, the housemaid that we have. You go into the housemaid and let's see what happens. You know the rest of the story that Abraham had to sleep with the housemaid and produce a child. But God said to him, that promise is not coming through that form. You need to wait. And again, in this passage that, I've dealt, that we have read today, that is Genesis chapter 18, there was a reaffirmation of that promise given to Abraham several years back as he saw three men of God. And to me, from my personal interpretation, I may say, oh, maybe the three represent or represented the Trinity, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. In the usual generosity of Abraham, he welcomed them and he entertained them. Even though they were going on a mission, they were going to make declaration upon Sodom and Gomorrah because of the evil that were going on there. 
But you see that Abraham had grown up to a point that he became a friend of God. And God said, can I do anything without telling Abraham? And that was why these people branched. And before they delivered the message, when they were fed, they said, where is your wife? They said, yes, my wife is in the kitchen. Said, that's fine. Said, at the appointed time, I'm coming again because that woman will have a child. If you have read that place or you listen to what has been read to us this morning, what did Sarah do? What did she do when she heard the word of the angel? What did she do? The Bible says she laughed. She laughed. Why did she laugh? We are going to get there. She laughed. And you don't need to blame her why she laughed. She laughed, Sarah laughed, one, because the Bible says she had passed the age of childbearing. She was no longer menstruating, and somebody who doesn't menstruate cannot even deliver a baby again, cannot conceive. So she laughed. She laughed because she couldn't see any sense of possibility in what the angels were saying. Are these people okay? Are they okay at all? What are they talking about? She laughed also because the promise to her was delayed and she felt that it was over. And so the message to her before the angel departed was that, is there anything too hard for God? The answer this morning is nothing is too difficult for him to do. And for us who are Christians, we remember that the whole world and universe we see today was created out of nothing. That was nothing. It created the world out of nothing. And so somebody who created the world out of nothing has power to do and undo, to do so many things, even in the same world. And so at the end, when Abraham was 100 years, the promise came to pass, as it was said, and Sarah 90 years. No medical personnel can prove that somebody 90 years of age conceive again and deliver a baby. God works in a way that nobody can comprehend, and that is why he's God. All we need to do is to trust him. All we need to do is to respond to him. He tells us some, some things that to us is not meaningful. So what is it? Does this have any meaning at all? But when you obey and you comply, you get research. And that was exactly what happened in the life of Father Abraham. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27, God repeated the same word. He said, that same word is said in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14. Look at what God says again in Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27. He said, Behold, I am the Lord God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And this also came when God was reassuring the Israelites that were carried into captivity into Babylon and said, Don't worry, you shall come back again. You'll be brought back to your land again because nothing is too hard for me. Jesus Christ also, in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26, 
repeated it again, but now in a clearer form. All the one we talk about in, G in Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14 was put in form of question. And of course in Jeremiah, but look at what Jesus Christ said in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It means that when you cannot help yourself, that is when God wants to come in. If you can help yourself, it is of no use for God to come because you will not appreciate him. And so when the, 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 the effort of man fails or where the effort of man ends, that is where God wants to step in. And that is why Jesus Christ said, for men, this might be impossible, but with God, all things are possible. No wonder in the Bible, from almost from Genesis to Revelation, we see God assuring us, fear not, fear not, fear not. Why is the Bible telling us not to fear? It's because God is able and abundantly able to attend to us. Therefore, as Christians, we need to trust and believe God. Since we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for him, we need to believe him. We need to trust him. We need to carry our bodies to him, not bearing our bodies by ourselves. And when we look at what Apostle Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7, casting all your care upon him for he cares. However, the big challenge that I'll see here, the big challenge is that how many of us are still trusting God today? It's a big challenge. How many of us? Do we still trust God today? But what I see is that many of us we behave like Sarah. We are laughing in our hearts, asking different questions. Can God still help me? Can God restore me? Can God heal me again? So can God still step into this situation? All this we ask ourselves, many therefore, live as if they don't need God. They live their lives as if they don't need God. They depend on their ability, on their intelligence, and on their connections. That may not help you. You need God. I need God. Every one of us needs God. As Christians, we need to learn, I repeat again, we need to learn how to trust God. Though I need to emphasize this, God has not promised us a trouble-free world. Understand that. God has not promised us that in the world you will not have challenges. In the world as Christians you will not suffer. No, 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 no. As Christians, we are faced with challenges every day. As Christians, we also suffer. But then there is an assurance in the means of our suffering as we look up to God. Is able to help us. Is able to fulfill his promise or promises in our lives. And so we must not run etter scatter or go into depression because of what we consider as challenges today. 
And I want to round off this way. How do you trust God? How, how do we trust God? That is how, where I want to end today. How do we trust God? Number one, you must know him. You must know him. It means you must know God. You cannot trust the person you do not know. You must know God. And that is number one thing. And so in knowing God, it means that you must reconcile with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so when you look at the epistle read this morning in Colossians chapter 1, when you look at it from verse 21, it says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. So in knowing God, you must reconcile with him through Jesus Christ, which means that you must accept him and accept the work of salvation that Jesus Christ did on the cross for you and I. And that is the beginning of knowing the almighty God. You, when you do this also, you must now go again and see in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 to 21, you must say no to all those things that are itemized in that place. In Galatians chapter 5, Galatians chapter 5, I'm going to read to you from verse 19. When you know him, you must say no to all these things. Say, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, stripes, seditions, heresies, heavings, murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of which I tell you before, as I also told you in the time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So in knowing God, you must say no to all those things. And now you now say yes to what we have from verse 22. You embrace what we have from verse 22 of Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. So you embrace that. Now that is number, I just told you number one thing to do in trusting God. You must know him. And it's not even too late for you to know him today if you have not known him. And that is why in Revelation, John the Beloved, Writes in Revelation 3 and verse 20. Say, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will call me. And so this morning, even as I'm talking now, Jesus is knocking at the door of someone's heart. He wants to come in. He wants to eat with you. He wants to strengthen you in the midst of what you are going through. He wants to give you hope. You need to let him in. And number two thing we need to do in trusting God is to believe him and believe his word. Bible is very old, 
but the word of God is true. It hasn't changed. I listened to Evangelist Ria Bonke. I don't know how many of you who have heard about him. He, he, he was very often in Africa. I encountered him in 2003. And in one of his words, he said he had a kind of program interview with somebody. And that person happens to be an atheist, somebody who didn't believe in God. And so they were talking. And Evangelist Bonke wanted to open the Bible. And he said to him, no, 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 no. Don't talk to me from this old book. Don't talk to me from this old book. Bible is old. And Bonke said, he was asking the Holy Spirit, what am I going to say to respond to this man? And all of a sudden, God opened his eyes. And he said to the man, look up. If you go outside now and you look up, you see that sun is shining. It says, how long has sun been? Oh, he said, since creation. Sun has been since creation. He said, do you still feel the itch when sun shines? He said, yes, 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 yes. When any time sun shines, I feel the itch. He said, so the word of God is old, but it's very powerful. We need to believe in the word of God. Believe God and believe in his word. Every word that he has spoken in the Bible is yea and amen when you apply it to your life. But when you treat it like novel, when you say, well, it has happened in the time past, then you render the, 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 effective, the effectiveness of that word, you render it useless in a way. And number three, daily pray unto him. Daily pray unto him. How many of us pray every day? How many of us pray when you wake up in the morning? How many of us pray when you want to sleep? You must pray to God daily. You see, even Jesus Christ, who came from God, was consistent in prayer that the disciple had to call him. Oga, master, teach us this thing that you do. You do this thing often. Teach us how to pray. He was doing all of that to remain connected to his father so that his mission on earth will not fail. And finally, you must surrender all to him. Surrender all to him. You cannot help God. I cannot help God. Nobody can help God. Surrender all to him. The moment you have accepted Jesus and you are a child of God, your life, you no longer live for yourself. Dead or alive, you are living for God. Therefore, don't struggle with him. Surrender all to him. And I will round up with the story of a young boy. This young boy heard so much about Jesus. One day, he had a knock at the door. Who was there? He said, I am Jesus. Eh? You say you are Jesus? I have heard so much about you. Okay. You see, in this, my house, I have 10 rooms. Five downstairs, five upstairs. I'm going to put you in the best room here. Jesus said, that's okay. And so the boy put Jesus in the best room. In the daybreak, he had a knock at the door. Who was there? The devil. As he opened the door, devil grabbed him and beat nonsense out of him. And he was like frustrated. What's going on here? Somebody came yesterday and said it was Jesus. 
and I put him in the best room. And so angrily, he went to that room. Say, Jesus, you are here. And look at what de- how the devil beat me. Jesus said, you have nine rooms, ten rooms here. You put me in one room, and Satan didn't come to knock at the room you put me. Oh, say, I realize. I got my error. I've realized my mistake. Jesus, take care of the five rooms upstairs. Why I take care of the five rooms downstairs? Jesus said, okay. And the day break again, he had another knock. Said, this time around, I need to be careful. He was careful. He tried to open the door. And as he tried to open the door, Satan broke the door and entered and grabbed him. He doubled the beating more than the previous one. And so he crawled to Jesus and he said, what's going on here? I gave you five rooms upstairs and I took care of the five rooms here and look at what the devils. And Jesus said, you have 10 rooms here. You gave me five ups. You took care of the, you took the five downstairs, but Satan did not come to knock at my door. Oh, the young man said, now I realize myself. Jesus, take over all the rooms here. I hand over all to you. Be in charge. Have the key to the entrance. And Jesus took the key. At the daybreak again, he had another knock. He woke up from, the, from his sleep and was like, what's going on today? And before he realized, Jesus marched majestically to the door. And Jesus opened the door. And when Jesus opened the door and Satan saw Jesus, Satan went on his knee. He said, I am very sorry. I knocked at a wrong door. And so the young boy said, wow, this is the man that has been dealing with me. So you are just like this? And Jesus said, you suffered in the hand of the devil because you didn't hand over all to me. Is there anyone also here today you want to enjoy perfect freedom and victory in Christ? Surrender all to Jesus and he's going to help you. Shall bow our heads as we pray. Eternal Father, we thank you again for speaking to us. Thank you for encouraging us and for telling us the need to trust you. We know that the world is aging and things are happening in the world to truncate faith. But we remain consistent in you, O Lord, even as we believe in you. We pray that you will strengthen our faith. Encourage us on every side. As many people that are already depressed because of what they are going through, I pray that you will minister to them again. You will touch them in their troubles. We pray, O Lord, that in every life here this morning, there shall be divine visitation to your own glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen.